This is episode 26. In this episode, you'll meet Jihan, the creator of the Chandefleur. She shares her inspiring story of all the other businesses she had to go through in order to get to where she is now. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate and I'm very excited today because I am in El Monte, California and I am so excited to share this story with you. Um, You want to introduce yourself? Yes. Um, hi everyone, my name is Johan Machuca. I am the owner of Le'Veon Perry, and that's a gift shop I started, and um, the creator of the Chandelier, and I create chandeliers now, funny enough. Um, so yeah, in El Monte, <laughs> all places. <laughs> yeah, El Monte uh, is a special place. I met my husband in For real? here, that's oh, why, yeah. yeah. Did you tell me that already? He well, he's from South Almani, um, oh, okay. but we met and yeah, yeah. So okay, so we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> okay, fine. So let's just do a little icebreaker. Okay. Um, what is your favorite food? Um, the potato tacos you just dropped on my rug. <laughs> I'm calling you out, everyone. She just dropped potato tacos all um, over my rug. No, I'm just kidding. On the um, rug, on my skirt, <laughs> on my shirt. On my uh, feet. It's okay. Um, my and my flip flops. Favorite food. Oh my gosh. I, I grew up eating like really heavy dishes like lasagna and like casseroles and mac and cheese. So I think um, probably that. But if I'm in Mexico, uh, enchiladas or anything my family makes me. Oh, they make yes. the most enchiladas. delicious food. Oh yeah. Goodness. So that's that. That's my fave. And But I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not picky. I'm not a picky eater. What's your favorite color? Purple. I don't use it a lot in my marketing, which is funny because it's like my favorite color, like magenta, shades of purple, like purplish pinks. Like someday I want to own a lavender diamond. Um, what? And I don't think I've ever seen it. I know. That's why I want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love like that's my goal is to get so rich I know I sound greedy but I just want a lavender diamond like I just want one um but yeah basically uh purple even though I don't really use it a lot in my marketing I usually use like like a Tiffany uh sort of aqua color or pink or black and white it's like black and white is my favorite color scheme though black white and gold Mm. classic yeah I like I like those colors together black white gold yeah What's the last song you listened to? Oh, my goodness. Um, it was probably Josh Groban because he's my, he's my Frank Sinatra, even though he's a total nerd and he's nothing like Frank Sinatra in real life. But I just love his voice. His voice is so beautiful. And, yeah, I, I think anything Josh Groban. And I listen to Christmas music, like, all year, so probably it was, like, a Christmas song, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, probably Oh Holy Night or something. I'm weird. Sorry. <laughs> I like listening to Christmas music too. Like I can't wait until like November when the radio stations turn to Christmas music. I like. Yeah. I can't wait at all, which is why I listen to it like in April. <laughs> like it's almost Christmas. Yeah. So now I'm really excited because it really is almost Christmas and it goes by so fast. So I'm excited. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. It'll be here in a blink of an eye. Yeah. What's the last book you read? I'm actually reading two. One is a book I'm kind of borrowing from my husband because he has to read a book for work. Um, So it's called Growth Mindset. Mm -hmm. And I'm reading another book. 
it's taking a minute to grow on me. So I'm not really sure if you read it, but it's it's called Make Money Make Money Like a Badass or I'm a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. Oh my god, someone just recommended that to me uh like last week. Jen Sincero, yeah. Yeah. And she even has like a workbook or something. She has like it's like a series of books. Yeah, because yeah. I looked her up and I was like, okay, what is this all about? Yeah. Um, it so took, you're reading the book? Yes, the, I'm reading the actual book. And I took it with me on the airplane when we went to Mexico recently. And I was like, this is utter bullshit. Oh, can I say that on your... Okay. You can say whatever you oh, want. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is bullshit. And it, I'm like, oh, oh okay, whatever. Like what? I don't wanna... Wait, what did she say that was okay. bullshit? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm like a, a kind of like a bleeding heart person, and I'm I just don't buy it that you have to have a certain idea towards money necessarily to make it because, or that you have to be a certain way because look at some of the richest people are the biggest turds on earth, the biggest turds. They're not putting out good vibes. They're not respectful of money they do bad things so but they're rich and so I kind of feel like mm, it kind of makes poor people <laughs> feel like oh I'm not doing enough or I'm not good enough or I'm not uh, to me I just kind of feel like yeah that really makes sense you just have to put it in you have to put in the work and work really hard and you know like there is such a thing and I I don't want to play victim but there is such a thing called privilege it's a hot yeah. word these days but yeah, you know, no, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think that I take everything with a grain of salt, but there were some good, by the time I got to like the 35th page, I was like, okay, there's some things in there that I can take. It's worth reading, but I just think, um, yeah, sometimes, you know, and then there's another book like Rich Dad, Poor Dad that kind of touches on that like whole thing that like poor people are kind of greedy because they expect more and they're. Yeah, so it kind of had a little bit of that in it, but I was just like, eh. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's got to grow on me. I mean, at the end of the day, you you take what take you what want. You yeah. Yes. Take what you want from it and the rest. It's worth a read, Whatever you though. don't need. Yeah, because you'll find some nuggets in there that you really can use. And um, I'm, I really do think that you have to have a vision in order to make something happen. Like, you have to have the vision and the desire. Then you got to work for it. Um, so I do think that in order to make money, you have to have vision. You have to have, you know, you can't just, you know, it's not going to come out of any, you know, hole in the sky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I do get it, but anyways. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I do think that a lot of the things also in regards to privilege are also like cultural too, you know? Yeah. A lot of the times when I listen to people who are not, or who, who people who are privileged or they're white and privileged and I listen to their podcasts or I read their books, I'm like, this doesn't apply to me though. Like it doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't apply to me Yeah. because I don't have that privilege yeah, and, or or that's not part of my culture. Like I wouldn't even do that. Or yeah, you know, I get it. Um, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> just kind of touching on one of the um, conversations we had on Instagram about creating like a crowdfunding for people of color, specifically like for Latinos, yep. and because you're gonna go onto other platforms and you're gonna feel. Maybe, maybe not. Everyone's different. Like, like you don't belong. Yeah, in a like sense. Like, it's not like, a good fit for you. Yeah, and when you're competing against, like, Toby from, like, you know, the Valley, who's got, like, his tech startup, and those are kind of, you see that those are the ones that kind of get, like, buckets of money thrown at them. Um, so it's kind of difficult to compete sometimes. Um, on certain platforms where uh, I think one of the platforms I was considering they mostly um, are for like board games which is just funny I had no idea and I was doing some research so I found iFundWomen uh, which is for well women <laughs> so that was actually good for me but uh, lucky enough I found an angel investor outside of iFundWomen so the bulk of the money that I raised for my business was actually from an angel investor, someone in my circle, someone close to me. And mm. so I think that that was kind of the concept for the crowdfunding is like padrinos, you know, finding people that 
know you that you're not just a number or you know what I mean yeah yeah you're not just like a percentage but you're someone that they can they know and trust and they see your grind and they're willing to like participate and you know actively like Mm -hmm. my investor is constantly checking in with me it's my cousin as a matter of fact my younger cousin um so it's just really cool and I think that you know it's a good way to get around that sort of privilege I think it's a way to get around that and sort of cut through that (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but you know I have yeah. to say in a way we're all privileged and I <laughs> funny enough I thought of a funny um a board game called privilege and like you would have to like debate or you'd get like cards and like kind of like a shoots and ladders of privilege mm-hmm. to see who ends up being the most privileged or either the least privileged and I just thought it would be a funny way to like um sort of explore that and you know laugh well yeah because if in a way we're all privileged in some one way or another like and I don't mean to pick on Mexico but even if you go to Mexico and you see you know certain things you're like yeah damn I take a lot for granted and you go and visit one family member and then you go and visit another and even in within that community within Ranchito you can see a big difference yeah Um, you know yeah so I have a couple other questions just to get to know you a little bit more is you could meet one person dead or alive who would that be oh my gosh like five okay so like three names just popped up in my head like first josh groban jesus and my grandma so i'm not i can only pick one okay josh groban no because no um hopefully i'll see jesus someday so it's cool (laughs) um so my grandma miki because i never met her and i have a sneaking suspicion that i do take after her quite a bit um, in my personality. I've talked to her, though, a lot since I was, like, growing up. I didn't, I never met her. But I always, somehow, I guess I always thought, like, well, she was my, I don't know, I just did. I talked to her a lot growing up, which is weird, because... So you had a connection with her, yeah. even though you never met her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. No, I get that, yeah. Like, I, I felt like, well, my middle name is Mikaela, and that's her, her name. And, um... I don't know. I, and I've had a couple instances where I've had people communicate stuff that she said um, for me. And, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I I don't know her. Like, I've never met her physically, but I feel like I know her spiritually in a way, which is weird, I think. To no, I get people. it. I like it. I get it. <laughs> I, I, under, I, I feel that way yeah. sometimes, too. I talk people. to my grandparents all the time and Earl. Earl is my uh, surrogate grandpa. I took care of Earl. I was care. Actually, funny enough, I was a caregiver for like seven years of my life. Um, I think that's the job I, the one uh, occupation I had the longest because I'm like, was just bouncing around ever since I started working. Um, So yeah, I was a caregiver for seven years. I took care of Earl and like, we just fell in love. Yeah, he proposed a couple times. I declined. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, like, he he was just just the best, and we just became so close. So I do talk to my Earl. Yeah. So, but I know, I've met him, so I'd probably want to meet my grandma. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Can you tell us something that only a handful of people know about you? Probably just what I just said, because I don't even think I've ever told my, my family, really. But, um, so only a handful full of people know about me. Oh that God. Earl proposed to you. Well, no, everybody knows that. Oh. <laughs> um, no, about your grandma. Is that what you, not a lot of people know about that? Oh, well, funny story. Like, my brother, he, well, it's not really a funny story, but it's kind of related. Um, well, first I'll just give something a less serious um, so, uh, what a lot of people don't know about me is, like, I'm a professional failure. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, mean that in the best way. That I kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm kind of set up to be a success at this point in my life. Like, I'm ready for success because I failed, a, you know, on a smaller scale, a lot smaller scale. And that kind of, like, gave me, like, training wheels. Um, I, I don't feel the way uh, about fail, failing, air quotes. You can't really see my air quotes, so I said them. But 
I don't feel the same way as I did five years ago or four years ago or even three mm. years ago or even two months, three months so ago. So failing's not a bad thing. No, no. no. For okay. me, like, it's yeah. a mindset. Like, I don't know what happened, but if you had asked me, like, like about two months ago, I was in a totally different place. I was stressed. I was like, I have to succeed. I have to succeed. I have to succeed. Oh, my God. But something just clicked, and I'm telling you that for me, I just feel like failure is nothing but a stepping stone. If, yeah, if you even, I don't even sure. like yeah. the word failure. I need to come up with another word for it. But I guess failure could just mean something that you intended that didn't turn out the way you expected. Yeah. And that's it. It's more like uh, expectations not met. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we're going to pivot a little bit i'm gonna start asking you other questions so how do you self-identify um mexican-american or latina and what does cultural identity mean to you well uh, i guess for me it just who it's hard to explain but i guess um just where you feel like is home for you and mm-hmm. I don't even know, yeah. like, I honestly, uh, I always thought I was Mexican, so I would say I was Mexican. And then I married a Mexican, and I realized how very not Mexican I was. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, there's similarities, but Mexican culture... And I Mex- mean, there's no right or wrong way no, to be. <laughs> no, but there's Mexican culture, and there's Mexican-American culture, and yeah, the two for are, sure. mm-hmm. are similar, and a lot, you know, obviously similar, but... Um, different yeah, yeah very different there's a lot of differences um, it's okay she can hang out okay, here it's okay. fine um, just distracted by this little <laughs> toddler god bless you <laughs> are you sure yeah okay yeah, yeah. okay so um, yeah I mean I do see like when I talk to my husband about things he's never heard of it he's never experienced it and I'm like okay that's Mexican-American culture that I'm speaking about um, when I'm talking like relating to him so for me I guess it's just like whoever you feel you relate to or where you gravitate whatever feels like home yeah when I go to Mexico I feel home when I'm with my peeps here I feel home but yeah yeah Almani is home for me I mean all my brothers I have 12 11 brothers and sisters and I think I'm the only one out of the 12 that actually likes Almani and I would say love El- I love Almani I really do I've always felt that way since I grew up here so um, and it's funny because I never wanted to hashtag Almani when I first started on Instagram because I was like oh my god so embarrassing because if you ever looked at hashtag Almani it's like this is not the best side of Almani it's not you know it's really not the best side and I know I sound judgmental when I say that because I guess cholo culture is still the culture, but it's a lot of that, and you didn't really get to see the best sides of it, like what it, what, you know, what's going on here. So recently, I started hashtagging Almani and Almani Girl because I, I felt like it was important to um, be proud of where I'm from and to. Yeah, I've Very always cool. been proud. I've never been embarrassed or anything. Um, but really to kind of give another side so that when people hashtag or click on the hashtag, they have another, you know. Another perspective. Another, yeah. yeah. Um, Mama, that's not yours. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyways. <laughs> So, um, someone has joined us in the podcast. Would you like to introduce my daughter who just ran away, who just walked away? But yeah, she, um, she's three years old, a little over three years old and she's just a wild beast. She does whatever she wants and she does it running around like a chunga. She's in her diaper. (laughs) And yes, I know mom fails. She's still in a diaper. It's a pull up. So don't judge. (laughs) No, no judgment. I have a little changuito that runs around too. Yes, she runs around naked, like yeah. ugly, just in a diaper all the time. <sighs> well, okay. Anyway, mom life—that's a different yes. subject. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so okay. So earlier you said that you're the owner of La Vie en Paris, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And um, you're the creator of Chandelier. So can you tell us about your business? Like, what do you sell? Uh, how do you sell it? How, you know, how, how did it come about? Like, what, okay, what was so, your vision? Um, you know, not to sell chandeliers. I never would have thought that uh, at all. That kind of just happens by happy accident. Um, I originally, well, I got married about, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago. And I was kind of just like a stay-at-home wife. And I thought that that was super glamorous. And then it stopped being glamorous and I got bored. And I was like, well, I love my husband. I love being married. But... I need something, you know, and I didn't yeah. want to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. I was like, oh, yep. gosh, the drudgery. No, I get it. No, I, I, I don't look down on people going out to work. I think that that's totally necessary. <laughs> but I just know that, you know, I've always been kind of a leader, and I never really seem to get along with my coworkers. My managers love me, but my coworkers never did. So I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to work so I know I want to do something and he was like well why don't you my husband suggested starting a business and I really thought okay maybe I can do that and I think Instagram was I started using Instagram around 2012 and I started noticing a lot of people selling different items on Instagram Mm -hmm. and I thought okay I think I could do that so I started Lovey and Perry it was just a gift shop because I always love gift shops and I always love Paris uh, sort of French culture. So I became um, a store owner, I guess, online. <laughs> I started my store. I got a little website on GoDaddy. It was horrendous. It was slow. <laughs> All those things. But I ordered a bunch of things from China. Like the website was slow. Oh, yeah. Like a lot, yeah. like clicking and yeah, navigating it was like, through oh, the It was like a okay. MySpace. It was so okay. bad. <laughs> like when MySpace first started. It was really bad. Anyway, um... Yeah, I, it took me a while to get the bugs out. It took me a while to figure out what I really wanted to do. So I thought, you know, I was, like, really happy. I got a cuter website. I was really happy. I started selling on OfferUp. Um, and things were chugging along. Like, um, what Like what did you start, what did you sell? Okay, so when I first started. And where started, did you get all these things? When I first started, I ordered, had ordered a bunch of stuff from China. And I just didn't know what I really wanted to do. But I was like, okay, I'll just get a bunch of different things. And I'll just sell a bunch of little things. All with the Paris theme. Yeah. Uh Like, I'll just get, like, jewelry. And I'll get this. And I got, like, little Eiffel Tower charm bracelets. And all this kind of, like, knickknacks and stuff. But then it was, like, just not going anywhere. And, like, I still have some of it. (laughs) I still have quite a bit. So then I was like, okay, this is a dismal failure. This is, like, failing. Failing and hard and um I just thought it was me like oh it's just me I suck at business I suck as a business person I can't sell water so what did you think it desert. was what, what, what did you think, think was the quote-unquote <laughs> failure me my my sales like like I, I'm just not a salesperson. like that's what I would tell myself like I suck I'm just destined to be like it's just not in the stars it's not meant to be like you know, it's not happening, and I would see all these other people, I would cry, like, I cried and cried and cried about it, I mean, my husband, if I could fill a bucket of tears, I mean, I'm telling you, I did, um, so, kind of just one night, I just started not being able to sleep, and, uh, for two weeks straight, I had insomnia, and I had this idea in my head, and it was kind of circling my head, and, for two nights I could not sleep so I finally got a sketch pad and I drew what I was seeing and it was like kind of a shen- the chandelier basically the concept the prototype for that and I took me two weeks to tell my husband because I was like this is kind of a stupid idea like what if it's just like you know he doesn't get it or nobody gets it and yeah and um so my husband's leaving for work right now. Bye, babe. <laughs> okay, so um, it took me two weeks Bye. to tell him. <laughs> so long. Um, it took me two weeks to tell him, basically. Um, and then, you know, I told him. He's like, okay. And he's like, he's my Chip Gaines. Like, he can make anything. If I give him a sketch, he'll make it. And he's just really good with, like, he's very handy. Um, so we started off with wooden frames 
and I thought, okay, the concept would be just like rentals. We could just like make these wooden frames and we, people can just order them and we could just make flowers for them. And that was kind of how that started. But then, you know, that kind of didn't go anywhere. I didn't take it anywhere, put it, put it like that. So um, then it just kind of rolled over into like more designs, more concepts, more ideas for like home decor. And um, that I felt like is when I hit like my stride on mm -hmm. the um, the idea, and put it. You know, I worked on it. Actually, I'm gonna tell you, I didn't work on it. I sat on it for two years. I ordered supplies and I sat on the supplies for two years, and that's something that I kind of regret in a way. But I feel like it's happening when it's supposed to happen, and it's happening, and it's okay. So. But I will say that um, for anyone listening, like, if you have an idea, don't sit on it. Just move forward with it. If you're scared, shitless, it doesn't matter because you'll figure it out. And I think that is something that I was not willing to do. I wasn't really willing to, like, put myself out there and be bare and, like, you know, be kind of just dangling out there for everyone to see. And I think it's hard for people to share their ideas. Um, it really is. I think people are just so stuck in fear, and I was in fear mode for the longest time. But fast forward to now, um, I'm happy to say that we, we got a partnership with, um, I'm scared to say who, because they're kind of the evil empire now. <laughs> Wayfair. <laughs> happy. No, I am proud that we got a partnership with Wayfair. Um, and yeah, and I have to say, you know, part of that is due to Giselle's handy tips. She has business tips. And this was before you and I, <laughs> this was before, I think before you and I actually spoke. And uh, I did a one hour consultation with Giselle, how many months ago? I think it was like in November, or December, or something. It was well back. And um, <coughs> yeah. But before we did the one hour consultation, I had been looking at your tips. And I'm oh, the, thank you. Yeah, I was watching your business tips. And um, one of the tips really helped me so much. And it was don't focus on a bunch of different um, uh, objectives. Focus on one for 12 weeks. So focus on one goal for 12 weeks instead of like, you know, five or six. Like in, really. in a yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that helped me because it really helped me um, like focus, like have laser focus and really decide like, okay, what do I want for this? What do I want for the Chandelier? What do I want for Olivia and Perry? And uh, for myself, for my business. And that kind of led me into the partnership with Wayfair because I thought, okay, my goal is to, you know, be sold, have this, you know, sold in someone's store or online shop. Your goal was to be a wholesaler then, right? You wanted to sell in retail shops? Um, you know, I didn't really mm -hmm. even have the idea of like retail, wholesale or retail. I wasn't really sure how that was all going to work. I just knew I wanted to be in someone's store. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And that was my six month goal, which I met in tw 12 weeks. So I met that cool. half the time. Yeah. I met that in half the time, but that was because I took your advice on just focusing on one thing for, you know, sh you know, shorter amount of time. And in doing that, like, it really helped me get my, like, set my intention and then my actions to meet that. Uh, it's really yeah. empowering, though. Yeah. Like, um, when we think about things, like, okay, yeah, this will get done and it's going to take me six months to do it. Because I did this myself as well. I had a goal to do, uh, to create an online course. And I thought, okay, yeah, no, I'm going to do it this was last year in 2018 I thought okay in 2019 I'll do it I'll do it I'll do it then the beginning of 2019 I'm like wait when am I gonna do this so I took my own like I took that own you know my own advice my own tip and I did that and in t for 12 weeks all I did was work on my online course and did whatever I think whatever I needed to do yeah so I mean I think that just like and, and me in particular I have to say like that tip helps if you're out there and you're like I, I was telling Giselle earlier how I'm not, um, I, I prioritize well, but sometimes to be organized is, I mean, I know prioritizing is kind of the same thing, but, um, no, it's different. just organizing my, you know, time management and just like, you know, and then I'm a mom, I, I'm a stay at home mom, so <laughs> I still have to like cook and clean and keep the child alive and fed. So, um, 
yeah, that really helped me a lot. And I think that if, because I have a really, um, my personality, <laughs> how do I describe? Um, yeah, I'm just sort of, I goofy my way through business. I'm just like, <laughs> basically, you know, I'm, I, I even kind of feel like, in a way, like I sort of just stumbled onto Wayfair. Um, I need to stop saying that because I know that they, you know, you have to apply, you have to get through, and I'm happy that I yeah, did. Yeah, I was going to say, is there like, there's like a whole, there must be an application process, right? Yes, did you is. apply to others and not just Wayfair? Yes, or? I did. So I applied. How many did you apply to? So at this point, I've applied to five. I applied to um, first, <laughs> the first I applied to House. And I, what, I, you know, I still have, like, a profile on there, but they, like, were like, no, beat it. <laughs> Sorry, your aesthetic doesn't fit what we're looking for. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Which is okay. I mean, you're yeah. also looking for something, for something that's a good fit for you, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, that's cool, no problem. And then I got a, oh, this one hurts still. Oops, sorry. Uh, I got a um, decline from Merci in Paris. And that one really stung like a bee because I love Mercy. But, but then I was like, you know what? Like, I kind of just brushed it off and I was like, okay, no biggie, whatever. Um, and so when it came time to um, hear from Wayfair, oh, and Fair, Fair. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but Fair is like a, they stock, they actually they don't stock, they just have wholesalers on their sort of platform and then retailers can come and look and see. You know, if they want to pick up a wholesaler or whatever. And I got rejected from them. So when I had, you know, and I had, hadn't heard from Wayfair in like two, two months. So I'm like, okay, well, then I'll just wait for that rejection. <laughs> but I didn't get her rejection. And we were just going to Paris. And I was just, you know, that was just a really great time. Because I felt so great. I had just lost a lot of weight. And I was just feeling so good. We bought like a whole wardrobe. And... So we were just on our way to Paris. We were going to be there for like, I don't know, 10 days or something. And uh, it was for my baby's third birthday. Yeah. Anyways, so when I got an email from them, it was right before Paris. And they wanted hmm. to talk to me. And I was like, okay, well, I don't, I didn't know what the, I really didn't think it was about the partnership. Like, I really didn't. Um, but then I got a call and I was just, I just remember that feeling. Like I literally fell to my knees because I had been like working sweat. I had been working so hard. And so it kind of made all of the sacrifices and you know, my, my family really doesn't see me. I, you know, my, like, as a matter of fact, they just had a party for my niece for her sweet 16 and I wasn't there because I was working on my photo shoot. So like, my family doesn't see me, um, so it kind of just felt like all of the sacrifices meant something. Like, it felt like it was coming together, and um, I was so yeah. floored, because a lot of, you know, there are some people who don't know about Wayfair, but they um, basically are an online retailer. They sell furniture, and so they have vendors. They, um, they, they don't actually stock anything. They're not like Z Gallery where they have like stores. Um, so they have vendors and suppliers. And the you go on there, you shop, and so the supplier fills the order. And so I will be one of the suppliers. Um, and so, yeah, I was That's like great. completely floored. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. I know. Well. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy, but <clears throat> I, you know, I can only say that I stand by the way I run my business and I'm proud of the way I run my business. And now I'd like to take a little break. Epifania magazine is a Latina lifestyle magazine where we celebrate all Latina and Latinx women. We believe there is no quote unquote right way to be Latina or Latinx. You can read all our articles at www epifaniallyl.com Okay, so my next question is how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business? So as a Mexican-American Latina Well, um, like when I first started it really didn't I have to be honest I didn't really um, I don't, you know, because it's like 
when I first started, it was based off of French culture and not really my own culture. So I don't think I really felt it in the beginning. And then I ordered things from China, which also had really nothing to do with my culture. Um, but recently, I've really been um, excited to sort of like catapult or like help other businesses, uh, Latino-owned businesses. And I was talking to you earlier about ordering frames, custom frames. Uh, we're going to be designing the the concept and the, the design and the style of the chandelier will remain the same. How it looks will remain the same, but the the frame is going to be different. It's going to be more custom and more streamlined. And um, we found a company in our uh, well near. Um, it's in Santa Fe Springs, and it's Latino owned, and that really made me feel so good. Like that made me feel really good um, supporting another Latino owned business, and not just getting it done where I can get it done the cheapest, you know, because that's easy. That's really easy to do. And it's really tempting to just take the design and be like, here, somebody make me like a hundred of these and get the cheapest, um, you know, quote. But it means something to me to support other businesses. Um, I feel like I want to use this company and the revenue I make from it sort of like a, as a, like a ice cube tray and sort of take the um, profits from this company and this um, business to start other businesses that will um, help my community and sort of lift it up. So I wanted to start a crowdfunding sort of like padrinos for small business where you can like utilize people in your in your circle or in your community and sort of do a crowdfunding in that sort of smaller um, sort of like finding sort of micro loans from either angel investors or or people in your community yeah that's so, that's really great because that's, that's, that's I think it would make people feel more comfortable yeah and, and especially for small businesses and specifically for small businesses in the Latinx community uh, access to resources is you know very scarce but access to money mm. or investors even even yeah. access to investors, I think, is even more valuable. Yeah, you know, and, creating um, a, a network of business owners so people can learn from each other um, is also very, very, very valuable too. Yeah, and I I can't wait to do that. I can't wait to make the Chandelier a success on Wayfair and with other partnerships so that I can move forward and like do that and I really am like I know that that's like my goal I have two goals written down in my office on my wall I sent you on Instagram that um, to have like a marketplace for French goods and imported goods from Mexico and to um, you know start the crowdfunding and another thing that I think is interesting is to um, you know how you hear about fair trade and how you have, I mean, and I don't mean to pick on people or like one group of people at all, but a lot of times you see um, not non-ethnic people on Instagram or on the internet that are selling like exotic wares, either from like Morocco or Mexico or India and they're selling it for an astronomical amount of money and it's called fair trade and i think it would be great to start a platform where you can support the makers from these countries like directly like you can like i would love to start that in mexico because i'm telling you we go to mexico and we see how i mean cheap not cheap in quality but how affordable and they don't charge nearly enough and I know that their their market is different because they're servicing a different um, I guess socioeconomic background or people with they're not people of means all the time um, like in Salvatierra specifically um, they're servicing the people in the ranchitos that come into Salvatierra but if you were to give them a bigger platform and have them on the internet so they can sell to here, people in 310, <laughs> in Santa Monica and all that, um, people that would buy that stuff, and they would be supported directly, like there's no middleman, really, mm -hmm. they wouldn't have, you wouldn't, yeah. you know, and you, it's, 
you know, fair trade, obviously that's great. You need that. You need that, like, stamp. But at the same time, you don't know what that person's getting, but you know damn well that they're going to hike it up a whole heck of a lot because people will pay. So I think protecting the makers and supporting them is important. Yeah. And um, especially, you know, when people are like in more vulnerable positions sometimes. Um, and I can see I how that. Yeah, I can sure. see how people can take advantage of that and like, you know, I'm telling you, the stuff there is beautiful, and I thought of it the last time we were there, like, really, this is awesome, and I started putting on my Instagram, like, different, um, the different vendors in Salvatierra, in Guanajuato, um, and, like, it was amazing, there's a juice that, there's a juicer, he's been there for 40 years, he sells juice, my husband used to get the juice when he was a kid on his way to school, his juice (laughs) is the most spectacular juice I have ever tasted, and I mean, I'm telling you, like, he spoiled me, he ruined me, but, like, these are the things that, like, we don't see, um, so I just thought it would be great to, like, highlight makers of color, and, and specifically in Mexico, because I'm just, I guess since we've been going there and traveling a lot with my husband to see his family, like, it's really opened my eyes a lot, and I really want to, um, you know, try and do something with that. I yeah. don't know. I have a lot of ideas, people. But, I mean, <laughs> you know what? the, the time great thing, isn't always there. <laughs> the great thing about you is that you actually listen to your ideas. Like, you do them. Like, you said earlier that you're a professional failure. But, <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't oh, think you're a professional wow. failure. I think you're brave. That's what it is. You're brave because oh, wow. you're doing things even though you don't know how it's going to turn out yeah. or you might feel afraid or whatever you're still still doing it oh thank you so much (laughs) oh my gosh so sorry (laughs) my daughter just handed her a half-eaten danish okay it's okay that's that's way better than the things that my son hands me believe me (laughs) believe me so um you keep talking about instagram but what is your favorite technological tool that you use for your business is it instagram or do you use other mm, i think instagram other... is the easiest to be honest um my hmm. favorite probably uh to make my graphics i use canva um technological what do you use for your videos you post a lot of videos um my phone my samsung i love it <laughs> my husband bought me a samsung s9 or 9s it's like the first phone I ever had that wasn't like less than a hundred dollars. I always buy cheap phones. So I'm a you, for them, so, so you use like the video editing app um, in your phone? Oh, or? sorry. For those, I use Ripple. Uh huh. Um, for like video and like um slideshows, I use Ripple, and I use oh, what's that other one called? Flickr. What's it called? Flickr or something. And um. There's this other new sort of social media site that it's kind of like Instagram, but I can't remember the name of it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, sometimes I use that. Okay. Cool. So, um, I know you said earlier that if you could have done something differently, then you wouldn't have waited Mm. two years. Yeah, I wouldn't have waited. Um, I think that it's okay because everybody has to go through their own process. And, um, unfortunately for me, it took a really long effing time to get through my process. (laughs) It took a long time to get through my process. Um, but I'm going to tell you something that was sort of self-serving in a way because all... I was going to say, like, I think people, or at least for my journey too, like, you learn a lot about yourself when mm-hmm. you're going through a process, you know, how you said, you're yeah. going through something. Yeah, I think it was a little self-serving because, um, okay. When I was younger, I wanted to be... Oh, here's something a lot of people don't know. You asked me this question about a while back, and I don't know. We probably talked about something else. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be a fashion designer. Uh-huh. And I would, like, have dreams about, like, different uh, clothes. And I would uh, have a sketch pad and a pen next to my bed, 
and when I would ha wake up from a dream or if something was keeping me awake, I would sketch it out. So usually first thing in the morning, I would sketch out whatever I had dreams about. And, um, you know, a lot of times I would just, you know, during the day, sketch this, sketch that. And for years I had the same, um, the same notebook with all of my sketches back from, I think the first one was when I was like, I don't know, 15 or 16 up until I was like 28 and um, when we moved here I threw it away and I regret that deeply but that was me giving up and saying to myself like you'll never be a designer you'll never be like it's not for you it's for other people you're not cool enough you're not you know hip you're not you don't have contacts like you're already so old you know <laughs> imagine 28 now I'm 38 gonna be 39 um, so for me, I felt like, um, like creating the Chandelier is, no, I'm not designing fashion, but it's fashion inspired and it is, um, They're kind of, really, really, really beautiful. Thank you. That, well, like some of the first ones are inspired a lot by Audrey Hepburn or Duchess Kate or Duchess Megan, like people that I feel are iconic and inspire, um, other people, generations really. So, and hopefully generations to come with the duchesses. Um, so, yeah, like, I think the process took way too long because I was afraid, still, that thought, that old thought that, oh, you're not this, you're not that, you're not polished enough, you're not cool enough, you're not um, whatever enough. And um, that, that was still in my head. Even all these years later, even though I'm not making clothes, I'm making chandeliers of all things but yeah like that that idea still was in my in my brain and I think um when I was younger and I would design um outfits or dresses or clothes or whatever like I had like Zach Posen was like my nemesis because he was so young he was on the scene he was like the wonder kid like the wonder boy and like you know, I was always so jealous of him because I always thought like he has all of this money being thrown at him. He has the ability to, he has, you know, he has influence. He has, uh, not so much influence, but he has connections. And I thought I had to hate him because I didn't have any of those things. But, you know, really in holding my designs back for two years, I was essentially like doing the same thing I did as a kid. And I had to like stop and just say like well, break break free from yeah, that yeah yeah i and you know honestly at this point right now i'm telling you something giselle and it might sound like a crock of bs but it's the truth like i don't care if i sell a single one will it hurt a little i'll get over it i feel like i'm at my summit if that makes any sense and i feel like the mountain i was climbing wasn't success and money like I thought. I thought I was after money. I thought I was after success. I was really just climbing Jahan, the mountain of Jahan. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. my own, you know, my own fears, my own BS that I tell myself. And so, at this point, I feel like I've, and there's going to be challenges to come. We're going to expand. We're going to do well. Um, we'll figure it out as we go along. But I just kind of feel like at this point, it's all out there. There's really nothing, you know, I feel like I've laid it all out and there's more to come design wise, but as far as being, I'm just unafraid. I'm just very unafraid. And that's something that I wish I'd had in my twenties. I'd probably be like, <laughs> some, well, you know, I can still do it. I'm 38. I started my business at 34, 35. Um, so I'm a late bloomer, but I'm telling you in the last four or five years, I can't believe I am where I am. I, you know, I felt like, I mean, I, I just felt like such a failure all the time. I felt like a failure all the time, like living, breathing. <laughs> yeah, failure. I can relate. Yeah. So it's nice to not feel like a failure all the time. And it's nice to not like, it doesn't matter. Um, success doesn't come from your bank account and su success doesn't come from people accepting you or wanting whatever you have or whatever you're selling I mean success comes from being happy with who you are yes and satisfied with what you're doing and it, yes, at the end of the day sure. you know if you did it well you did your best and 
you know, you put it all out there and you, uh, you know, I think that's success. I don't feel like it's going to come when. I feel like I'm already living in it and hopefully, yes, money is a byproduct of that. <laughs> hopefully, yes, we'll have, we'll, because, you know, I mean, from the book Jen Sincero, um, this is one thing I do agree with, that she was saying that, um, you don't have to be obsessed with the pursuit of money, basically, but the more money you have, the more good you can do and the more influence you'll have because there's a lot of people in this world who have a lot of money and they use it for bad things and they, yeah. they have influence. Yeah. So if those bad people can influence, then why not, you know, try to make some money? and use it for good and so that was kind of the jihan influence (laughs) (laughs) so that was kind of like the reason that i decided to go on wayfair um even after that publicity uh you know even after it trickled its way onto my instagram i got kind of got hit some fire for that but i just figured you know what i know i'm a good person i know my intentions are good and well-meaning and i know I can do a whole lot more than I, I'm doing now if I was, you know, taking this to the next level and taking my business to the next level so it could be a success, air quotes. Um, I feel like a personal success, but my business is, you know, it's, it's going to follow me, I think. I believe that. I hope. <laughs> I got to pay my husband back for all this stuff I bought. <laughs> so, yeah, basically... I mean, I believe you, you're already doing, and you're already showing that you're doing stuff, you know, it's not like, (laughs) trying, (laughs) no, you are, you're already doing stuff, it's so, it's, seriously, it's very inspirational to listen to you, and to listen to your (laughs) journey, and, um, I've gone through a lot of similar things, too, with dealing with my own mountains, you know, and things like that, and my own, uh, negative thoughts that I have to continuously fight off and be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> That's not me, you know? Yeah. So one of the questions I have is, if you had no constraints, would you start another business? And what would it be? But you already, like, ans- you've already answered that and even <laughs> like more. Five like, five businesses. Yeah, so, I mean, you even <laughs> answered that even more. Like, seriously, I can actually see, like, when you're describing your... Uh, you know your latino crowdfunding like i can see it like i can envision it i can see it happening and i can see other businesses being successful and resulting you know as a result of that and that's that's what you're talking about the impact and the influence that we can have as business owners Mm -hmm. um, in our community and even in our business community your small business community too yeah we need to stop playing small. Yeah. I think we need to stop saying, well, uh, you know, I, I'm i not that person. You know, I'm not Oprah. And I'm not, you know, I'm not this person or that person. I'll just stick here. I'll just stay here. This is okay. It's good enough. And yeah, okay. If you're happy, if you're satisfied, if it feeds you and you're good to stay where you are, that's fine. But you don't have to play small at the same time. Like Oprah is someone that I think I can take page from because she, she got her, um, she was a uh, journalist. Then she got, you know, the Oprah show, the Oprah Winfrey show. She took the, the revenues from that and started her own, I think she started Harpo production. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then she took the revenue from that and started old magazine took money from that and started you know the old the oxygen and now she has her own um like i don't know if it's well oat network right is oxygen isn't it i'm not too sure anyways but she she kept multiplying and kept going with it and i think that's something that i want to do i want to you know uh keep going and it's funny because i've been a caregiver i've been a maid I got fired. The only time I ever got fired in my whole life was from the tidy. I got fired from tidy. It's a maid cleaning service. <laughs> I got fired from cleaning toilets, you guys. So never. <laughs> How do you like lose on that? Anyways, um, so just never count yourself out. Like I felt like a loser my whole life. Um, so now you know I just feel like okay, well. 
I've done that. I've been there. I've done that. And I have already failed. So what have I to lose? I already know what failure feels, feels like. So let's just do the winning part <laughs> and, you know, and see how that feels. But I feel good. I feel good. And I feel like, actually, I feel like my daughter. I remember being four years old and feeling like, and this is crazy, but I literally remember walking around and thinking at four years old that I had superhuman powers, that I was a superhero because I mm-hmm. can make my eyes go in and out of focus and no one else could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I really believe like I was special and I was different. And I remember feel- thinking, are. Yeah. I remember thinking that I'm going to be really something someday and somewhere along the way it, it went away it got washed out so I feel like I'm getting that back um, and this little girl that's been disturbing our podcast um, she's a huge inspiration she's just wild and unafraid and awesome and you know we just need to live our lives more that way you know when we were kids and just you know stop stop with all the BS because it's in a way it is self-serving you're holding yourself back you're just scared just bust out so so where can people find you you're on instagram what are your instagram accounts okay so you have a website yes i have uh, like two different websites so i have um a shopify and um those you can find on the chandelier so i have a few instagram accounts one is the chandelier specifically and um, for that, my Shopify is connected. So you can click the links um, in the post and um, it'll take you to my Shopify, my store. And for Le'Veon Perry, I have Le'VeonPerry.com. So Le'VeonPerry.com and then you can purchase... Um, well, right now... You can, pur- can you purchase the Chandelier? And then you also have these... Like flower boxes, like yes, decorations. Yes, I do. I, I They're did, so pretty. I did start another brand, La Jolie Fleur, but it's kind of on the back burner. Um, I, I have them on both stores anyways. Okay. Um, because I really want to focus on my chandeliers, and it's just going to be like really busy right now with Wayfair because we're onboarding onto Wayfair. Um, so we'll be So when Wayfair will you offici- like, officially launch on Wayfair.com? Um, in August. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm excited and I'm having a launch party to celebrate because the chandelier is going to be one year old. Well, it's really much older than that, but one year since I shared my first design on Instagram. Oh, cool. Yay, yeah. congratulations. So, so people can purchase your chandeliers and the flower, what would you say? La Jolie Fleur? La Jolie Fleur. La Jolie Fleur, the flower boxes. They're really, really, really cute. I mean, the way you have it set up right here, your Thanks. little side table with the, <laughs> with, it's so, it's so pretty. Thank it's you. Like, too elegant for my house, like for oh my real. Gosh. But you but see my so living pretty. room, right? <laughs> that is so pretty. So thank you so much for taking the time, uh, sharing your story. I've learned so much from you, and I wish you all the success in the world. I yeah. know you will, because then that, and you're also like so inspiring to me. Like for real, you really are. Like thank everything you. you do, like not giving up and continuing to pursue your ideas, and I really appreciate you. meeting someone like you. Thank you. I'm all embarrassed now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. It's hard for me to, you know, I do take my business seriously. It's hard for me to take myself seriously. Mm. Like, so, I'm very, uh, I'm outgoing, but I can be shy sometimes, too. So, So, but thank you. Like, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's funny, though, because I feel the same way. And my business wouldn't be where it is had it not been for people like you that are always feeding us with your content with your tips with your um you know knowledge you you know so there's a small group of people that i think any entrepreneur is like yeah those are people that like i draw from on a daily basis um but you know honestly if i didn't have my husband to put that idea in my head um i'm not sure like that this would all still turn have turned out um he's definitely like you know he's been such a godsend he's an angel um, yeah he's like kerosene <laughs> kerosene on my flame so yeah oh, and then this beautiful. one this one right here oh my gosh <laughs> so, okay <laughs> thank you well, thank you so much 
Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.